0: Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauly now for today's study.
1: God does give divine appointments, not only for you, but for others. In our last study in Acts 28, we saw a divine appointment that God made for His servant, Paul, uh, by sending friends to Him who came a long distance to refresh Him and encourage Him and to put fresh strength into his soul. But I want to remind you, when God does that for you, it's always for a reason. It's not just for you to be more comfortable, have an easy time. It is so then he can work through you in the lives of other people. And I think there's a beautiful progression of truth here, a divine order that immediately after that time of fellowship, God is about to use Paul to advance the gospel in an amazing way. Maybe we need to start viewing our assembly, our fellowship with other believers more this way. We don't meet just to have a good meeting. We don't meet just to sing and hear a sermon. We don't meet just to have a good feeling. We don't meet just to say, oh, that was enjoyable. No, we meet to prepare us to minister. We we fellowship uh, to get us ready to forward the gospel. The Lord is equipping us for the work that lies ahead. And so we pick up our story in Acts chapter number 28. Uh, remember that Paul has met the brethren, now he's been kept by himself with a soldier. Verse 17, it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me, would have let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. Oh, this is so good. He didn't just make a complaint. He starts giving the gospel. He doesn't speak like a man who's despondent. He speaks of hope. Verse 21, And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken and some believed not there's always those two groups aren't there verse 25 and when they agreed not among themselves they departed after that paul had spoken one word and he quotes scripture from isaiah well spake the holy ghost by isaiah the prophet unto our fathers saying go unto this people and say hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand and seeing ye shall see and not perceive for the heart of this people is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing And their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him. (laughs) What is Paul doing? Oh, this is beautiful. He's doing what he's always done. He's doing the same thing, just more of the same. He's preaching the gospel. He's talking to them about salvation. He's speaking specifically here to a Jewish audience, uh, but he makes very plain that Scripture says it is to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so the door of salvation opened unto the Gentiles. And would you know it, that even in this audience, many of whom were ignorant of truth, most of whom perhaps were adversarial to it, the Lord still touched the hearts of individuals who responded to the gospel and believed and were saved. Oh, it's glorious. I just want to tell you today, it still works. The gospel still works. In fact, do you remember what Paul wrote in Romans chapter number one, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. All right, connect that uh, that he wrote in Romans one to what he's doing in Rome. Because he's just preaching the gospel there. And what do we see? That to the Jew first and also to the Greek, it still works. Now, uh, let me give you a few observations here. We're talking about Paul nearing the end. And we've said already in this chapter that we have the care of God and the availability of prayer and the encouragement of friends. And now we see the power of the gospel. God's power still works. The gospel still works. I've been reminded of that in recent days myself. do won't try to be clever. Don't worry about your oratory. Just give the gospel. When the gospel is given in the power of the Holy Spirit, God works. The gospel breaks through. The Lord uses the truth to turn the light on. So what can we observe from Paul's giving here of the gospel and seeing the power of the gospel? Well, one thing I would point out to you is the source that he calls from. He's not speaking out of his own mind. Uh, Sometimes I hear people say, I want to share my heart. People don't need our heart. They need God's heart. Uh, Sometimes we say, I want to give them a piece of my mind. They don't need a piece of your mind. They need to know God's mind. Uh, So don't speak out of your experience alone. Don't speak out of your uh, opinions or ideas. Don't speak out of another book. Speak out of the Word of God. Paul, who had much to say, called on the Old Testament Scriptures, quoted Isaiah and spoke out of the Word of God. Let your source be the Word of God itself. And then, not only do we see our source, we see our subject, because the Bible says that he spoke to them concerning Jesus. Don't miss that in verse 23, concerning Jesus. You've got to get to Christ. You can talk about lots of Bible things, but if you don't get to Jesus, you miss the whole point. Uh, this is how people get saved. You can't give the gospel apart from Christ. There is no power apart from the power connected to the name of the Lord Jesus and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So our source is the Word of God, and our subject is the Son of God. And then notice our strategy, because it's laid out plainly in verse number 23, and if it was good enough for then, it's good for today. Three things. First, he expounded. The Bible says he expounded. What does that mean? That word means to explain spiritual truth. Don't assume people know. Explain it. Take the time to logically explain what the Bible says. Most people are ignorant to what the Scripture even teaches, so there must be an expounding of it. Then the Bible says he not only expounded, he testified the kingdom of God. Now, a testimony is something deeply personal. This is more than facts. This is now your own personal experience of truth. Specifically, it says he testified the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Paul wrote in another place. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Friends, testify today about the righteousness of Jesus, the peace of God, and the joy the Holy Spirit has brought to your heart. Give a personal testimony of truth today. So he expounded, he testified, and then the Bible says he persuaded, persuading them concerning Jesus. What is that? That's to seek to bring them to Christ. Some people uh, give the truth out but never call people to come in. I want to tell you, Jesus was always calling people to come to himself. And a gospel preacher must be a gospel inviter. So our strategy is the Lord's strategy, expound the truth, Testify what God has done for you and persuade others to come to Christ for themselves. In verse 24, some believed, some believe not. There will always be those two responses, but our responsibility is one thing, and that is to keep giving out the gospel. Even as we near the end, may I say, especially as we near the end, we must see again the power of the gospel. And I tell you, you'll discover it still works.
0: Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why enjoying the journey exists to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website scott and all of us on the enjoying the journey team are passionate about people coming to know christ as savior we pray that you truly will enjoy the journey but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following christ